Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Heavenly Father, as we hear from your word this morning, we pray that you would open our hearts to it, that your Holy Spirit would work through Pastor Adam in our hearts in a way that would allow us to be receptive to the truth that he would share with us, that would allow us to reflect on your word as you came to us this morning. Pray that you would bless our time now in the scriptures. Just for a few moments together as we conclude verse 5 this morning. Again, to remember why the apostolic instructions regarding the relationship between the elders and the congregation were so necessary. Uh, we may feel like we labor long here, or maybe we don't need to be so explicit or so graphic or categorized. But it's important if I could just persuade you once again, why were the apostolic instructions regarding the relationship between the elders and the congregation so necessary? You see, our time in the church, and by our time, I mean just our present moment in time, and our participation by providence in the church of Jesus Christ right now, our time in the church is much different from the time of the original audience. We know that on numerous fronts, and we notice that in different ways as we work through the text, we notice different geography or different customs. But it's remembered. It's important to remember it and understand that unfortunately, in our time, our present moment, too many Christians fail to commit to a local church. for our background and our understanding of why these relationships are so important, and why understanding them and taking time and working through them, that we understand the relationships that we have in the local church. Because unfortunately, in our present moment, too many Christians fail to commit to a local church, preferring, rather, to wander from church to church, assuming a nearly fixed status this mentality will make it difficult for us to understand and receive well the instructions that Peter has between the elders and the congregation when we're constantly migrating from one location to another. When difficulty arises, I find the exit. Lamenting this reality, one author notes this, many people attending church today are church hoppers, or they prefer to be perennial visitors, considering themselves free-floating Christians without accountability, and they like it that way. And so. But you see, when we step back and we receive such 
such a text that we go line by line, we consider the categories, the relationships, and how we are to do church by Peter's instruction. You see, the option to be free-floating as a Christian or a perennial visitor, as the author just mentioned, was not even possible to the first century Christians. It's a category that we have, but they did not. At the first sign of a disagreement or difficulty, they could not simply find the church next door. It just wasn't an opportunity. Remember, as we look for months now through the letter of 1 Peter, and we think of who are the pilgrims on the way that Peter describes, he describes them as we consider the letter. He presents the Christian community as a colony. Colony in a strange land. You can go back and look at chapter 1 and read that portion there. See how he addresses them as the diaspora scattered. He considers the Christians that he writes to as an island of one culture in the midst of another. You see, what we live today, what we live with today, and we all have our part to play in this, so it's not finger pointing. Because we all have our part to play in this. But what we live with today and today, unlike those who do Peter wrote, is we live with a consumer mentality. Always on the list for a better brand, a better deal, a better price. That mentality that we have is all over the place. As a sustained reflection in our life in the church, I don't like this or that. I perceive this or that. Therefore, my next move is out the door. There's another brand, but there's no comparison. But you see, again, when we consider the relations and we confess together on Lord's Day, these are instructions to us that people apply today. And we realize we need to rethink these categories. I mean, that's usually what we do with all of I said that there's these same instructions in other places within the New Testament in similar local congregations getting started in the first century. There's a few 
one that you know of, Hebrews 13, 17. We spent a, set, a couple of years, or a couple of years ago, now, in the letter of Hebrews. And at the very end, after uh, the magnificent epistle that I'm sure you've read through on Christ-sufficient work as our high priest, at the end, the apostle instructs the local congregation. In chapter 13, verse 17, he says, Obey your leaders. And submit to them. Because there's not the church next door. And, and then you notice right after he says that, submit to them. Get along with them. He then says, pray for us. That our conscience will be clear in the work of this point. That is the relation between congregants and elders. That, that is, when we're upset, have we prayed for one another? Do you, 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 to me, have we? Have we done this labor that we're both called to do? Elders must lead and must rule. Congregations must follow. Both must pray. Both must have clear conscience foundation. First Thessalonians, Paul, the same. First Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, just to show you, if this is the way of it for Christ's church. First Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, Paul says, respect those who are over you in the Lord. And who labor among you. Again, not over you in finances, not over you in school factors, not over you in any other category, but often those who serve, who labor among you, over you in relations in the Lord within the church. Respect them, Paul says. And he says, you all be at peace among you. This falls to both of us, section and congregation, that we would be at peace, all of us, one with another. Further, I'll just give this last citation. Just to give you a Why is this information relevant? Because we've lost relevancy. Apostle to Hebrews, and then Paul once last, one last citation I wish to provide to you is 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 15. Again, construction offers difficulty for us. It follows practice. Difficult conversation after difficult conversation after difficult conversation after awful experience after difficult conversation after awful experience. After we covered all these categories, we will remind you of the Lord. Instructions for the peace and purity of the church of Christ. 
major moves that our text will be showing here more narrowly this morning is just a few moments from verse 5. Peter moves from exhorting the elders, and you see that in verse 1. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God. And this is how you go about doing that. And then he pivots, you notice, in, uh, where, in verse 5, where we begin our instruction this morning. Likewise, elders, this is who you must be, and this is how you must behave. Congregation, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. And now, in the final portion of verse 5, that we will cover this morning, Peter stands back and addresses all of us.
must be faithful to the scripture. The way that we do that is, again, together, we believe that we would be the best apostolic example of being apostolic vocation. Avoiding the tyranny on the one hand, as I mentioned to you earlier in this series, that avoid the tyranny of legalism, that we would be the classic and ungodly manner, and also a model of biblical Thank you. 
you can think about how God would oppose the problem, then you're in trouble. You may have an estimate of success, but then the problem comes
Thank you. 